Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope everybody's doing okay today. This is the vent with Clint Graves, uh, part of the uh, Baller Mind Frame group. I want to say, give a shout out to DV and all the boys over at Baller Mind Frame. Uh, and this is my podcast. I try to do this about once a week, if possible. My schedule, you know, it's like everything else. It uh, runs together, and sometimes my weeks run together, my days. So, uh, <clears throat> just been uh, doing a lot of work on a few things, and uh, today is no different. Been running like a chicken with my head cut off all morning. But, uh,. I'm here now and uh, resting. This is actually my relaxed time. So uh, kids are getting ready to head back to school here in about a week and a half. So uh, I'll miss them, but in a way I'm kind of ready. But uh, anyway, just uh, <clears throat> been, uh, you know, the last few days, uh, me and some buddies have been having kind of just throwing around these little things that you know we normally do these conversations that we have and uh we have some best best of lists that we made uh who's the best athlete of all time who's the best boxer of all time the best golfer of all time we we kind of tried to uh support our answers every time we gave one you know we try to back it up the best way we could and uh, we agreed on a lot and a lot of things we didn't but uh today what we'll be uh discussing it just kind of gave me a uh, an idea on what I could do this show about and uh what I thought I might do is uh break it down from each position in basketball like today I thought I would start out with the shooting guard position the number two and uh, give a breakdown on my top ten shooting guards of all time. But uh, let's see what's what's happened over the weekend, and we'll and and we'll get into that here in just a minute uh, on who I think is uh, uh, the best shooting guards that's ever been in the league, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that in just a second. But first off, uh, I saw that uh, Andrew Bynum is heading to Cleveland. Which, it it didn't surprise me. They needed a big man, and maybe Galskis could work with him and and uh, work on his game because he he hasn't been very stellar the last few years, and a lot of it's had to do with his his uh, knee injuries and things that's plagued him since L.A. But uh, uh, I'm sure he's ready for a new beginning. He's been kind of a head case the last few years. Uh, you really know what to uh, think about him. And, uh, of course, Cleveland obviously is not shying away from head cases because reportedly they tried to get DeMarcus Cousins from Sacramento in a package deal. Uh, but, of course, that didn't happen. So now they probably got the next biggest head case in the league at uh, Andrew Bynum. So uh, it ought to be interesting trying to build that team around uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving's one of them guys that I thought in college, you know, he was injured his uh, most of his freshman year. But I never thought that he would blossom into the player that he has. And and I was like, 
what are, they're just really getting this guy on expectations and potential. But right out of the gate, his game is is perfect for uh, the professional ranks. I mean, he's he. I mean, that's why these scouts get paid good money and are as good as they are because I honestly did not see this. I did not see him doing what he's doing consistently. So, uh, uh, it's pretty cool uh, how he's come along in his development and uh, trying to build a team around him. And uh, they've got some good young talent up there, so it, it ought to be, uh, it'll be interesting next few years to uh watch them grow and develop uh <clears throat> this weekend i've been uh, i'm one of these uh golf guys i like to uh, keep up with all the uh, majors and everything like that and i watched uh phil mickelson win uh the british open and one of the perhaps the greatest rounds of golf ever played anywhere uh at murfield one of the According to everybody, the toughest courses in the PGA in the tour. So, uh, him shooting a 66 on the final day is pretty amazing. And birding the four of the last six holes, which is pretty much unprecedented. So, uh, just want to give a shout out to him because I've been I've been keeping up with that. That's actually one of my favorite PGA tournaments right there because it's just. It makes them actually look mortal. <laughs> it actually brings them down a notch because they just dominate everywhere else. And this course is just, a lot of them eats their lunch. So uh, it actually makes them look human and mortal. So uh, that's one of my favorite tournaments to watch. It's always, uh, everybody's usually pretty close and barely over par. So, uh, Anyway, congratulations to him, but uh, now on to <clears throat> my discussion on who I think are the best shooting guards um, that has ever played in the NBA. Um, I took into account a lot of factors here. Uh, longevity, their shelf life, uh, of course, they're all their averages, all their major, the top three averages, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and uh, <clears throat> also use various sources on the web, look at various highlights, look at their stats, things of that nature, just to make these determinations. And uh, a lot of people is going to disagree maybe with the order that I have these in. But they will not probably disagree with who the greatest shooting guard is of all time, who's number one, <clears throat> and possibly even number two. Uh, and, uh, of course, everybody knows, unless you've been living under a rock, the uh, profound impact that Jordan has left on the game. And, uh, of course, he's my number one. And... Uh, he, his career stats or something like this. He played for, uh, let's see, he played since 84. So he's played for nearly, he actually played 15 years when you take into account his uh, um, sabbatical he took off 
from uh, basketball, his retirements, and uh, played baseball, and then to come back, did that twice. Uh, <clears throat> but he averaged 30 points a game for that long. Six rebounds per game, and his assist was five. Uh, he makes the number one on the list. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and and here's something I had to think about. I, I did make an argument the other day. Somebody asked me, who's better, Jordan or Kobe? <clears throat> and I had to think about that. And, and uh, you're going to look at stats, and you're going to say, well, Jordan definitely had... Uh, had the advantage on Kobe there, but I think in a from a basketball standpoint, if they played one on one in their prime, I think Kobe would beat him. They're almost identical on defense. Kobe's a slightly better shooter. Jordan maybe could finish. They're both clutch. Jordan was probably the better performer. But I think if they played one-on-one, straight up, I, I think Kobe would, uh, if, if they were in their primes, both of them playing at their primes, I think Kobe would beat him. I do. In a best-of-seven series, I think he would beat him. Now, you know, really, it just depends on the breakdown. Because I can see both sides of the story and uh, <clears throat> listen to both arguments. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to disagree with anybody just straight up. I'm going to, I'm going to give their valid points, and I'm going to say, well, you know, point well taken on, on your argument. I'm not going to – it's just so close. It's so close. You can't – it's, in my opinion, it's just – in a lot of – it's either one of these situations where somebody's opinion says it's either so close or not even close is what you're going to hear from people. Usually the people in the Jordan generation, like I am, is going to say Jordan was. But I've watched a lot of basketball. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just my opinion. But it's one of those situations where somebody's going to say, okay, it's it's so close to call. If they played straight up, one-on-one, you know, who's better? But a lot of people's going to say, well, it's not even close. Jordan is so much better. You know, it's just one of them situations. But in reality, no, he's not that much better if he is better, you know. Kobe Kobe was the next Jordan. Uh, he was his heir apparent. But, and there's been so many that have gone about the way, gone about the way that of, of Jordan and his game, but they never lived up to the hype. But... Kobe has been the mainstay. He's been the standard, the closest thing. So, you know, I'll uh, I'll listen to anybody's argument, but of course I'm right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that a lot of people disagree with that. Uh, mainly my wife. So, uh, <clears throat> but you know, it's it's just a valid. Um, it's a valid claim, really. You can make an argument either way. But uh, those are my top two. Bryant, who's 12 years. Or actually, he's he's played for 17 years. It's hard to believe. 25 points per game. 
five rebounds per game and uh, five assists per game. And these are I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out this too. These are actually numbers I found off the internet, but <clears throat> all the numbers are not reflective of uh, some of the ones that are still playing. And the only one that's still playing this list, of course, of course is uh, Kobe, and his stats have completely changed. But uh, there's not many shooting guards that have come along in the last 10 or 15 years uh, that would ever make this the top 10 list, you know. Unless you throw somebody like uh, <coughs> Ray Allen in there for his longevity. Uh, and you can make an argument for him being in the top 10. He's not in this top 10, but uh, you can make an argument for him. Uh, maybe even putting him in the place of Joe Dumars. Uh, Dumars had a great impact for Detroit during those bad boy years, but uh, I don't know. You might get sliding in the top 10, but uh, uh, like I said, Bryant's numbers where I got these uh, off the internet, on the sources, uh, are are different, but I just like I said, I was too lazy to go back in and uh, recalculate everything. So, but anyway, that's my one and two. Uh, third, I'm going to say uh, Jerry West. He played 14 years, averaged 27, 6, and 7. Uh, <clears throat> fourth, I'm going to say Allen Iverson. For somebody 5'10", 165 pounds that dominated the game like he did, the crossovers, the cultural impact that he had was unsurmountable. And he was a winner. He played his butt off. Even, and I pulled up the uh, <coughs> YouTube video of him saying practice 42 times <laughs> the other day because somebody actually hadn't heard that. So I was like, oh, hey, you got to hear this. This is classic, you know. It would be funny to anybody that's not a fan or a sports fan, but you just, you have to really hear it to appreciate it. So, if you ever get a chance and you've never heard it, go listen to his uh, tirade on Larry Brown. I think it's back in 2001 or 2002 where he's talking about practice. It's it's great. It's great. So, uh, um, but anyway, I, I feel Iverson is one of the top five, maybe even one of the top ten guards that ever played the game. Um, I just have a hard time getting him out of the list. Even though he didn't have much of a supporting cast, he, uh, it's hard to, to uh, deny his place among the greats. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, <clears throat> and he did it, I mean, just with reckless abandon. Just didn't really care about his body. Just went inside, mixed it up with everybody. And, uh, definitely gave his heart for his team and to the fans. So, uh, he cracks the list at number four. Uh, I was kind of torn here between on, on my number five. Uh, by the way, Iverson uh, played for 12, averaged 28, 4, and 6. Um, and, of course, only shot maybe 
most of the time 30% from the field, but he was all they had, you know. But anyway, that's that's my argument on Iverson. And he jumped a place ahead of who I originally had was George Gervin. Uh, then I started comparing the game of George Gervin and Clyde Drexler, and I was still kind of thrown back because I didn't really know who I wanted to do. So I made a last-minute change there. I ended up putting um, Drexler ahead of Gervin at number five because uh, Drexler just, uh, he was there for the longest time in the early 90s. He was the second best shooting guard in the league. There was just nobody that, you know, him and Jordan were the top two up up until 94 or 95, actually. I mean, there was, <coughs> excuse me, there was nobody that even come close to the second place there. And uh, they had some classic matches uh, against each other. So, you know, uh, that's my number five. Gervin uh, is my number six. Drexler's numbers were uh, 26 and 6. Gervin's was 25, 5, and 3. Uh, but uh, Gervin played at a different era, you know. He uh, <clears throat> he was a string bean, but he could finish. He would come in and just when he wanted to, he could dominate. And... Uh, so I had him and Drexler switching places there. So Gervin, number six. Uh, number seven, I actually have uh, Pete Maravich for his short amount of time, his impact on the sport. Uh, hadn't seen many white guards like him with his ability. Uh, he... Uh, he was quick too and could do so much with the ball. Uh, great player. His numbers were uh, played in the league 10 years, average 24, 4, and 5. Uh, number 8, I have uh, Reggie Miller. He played 18 years, average 18, 3, and 3. Um, but everybody will remember him best against the Knicks just because ESPN's. 30 for 30, and most of us kids, you know, late teens, early 20s will remember that matchup back in the mid-90s, you know, uh, how those games were so dramatic, and uh, just a good series between Indiana and New York, um, so that's my, that, uh, he was actually, at one time, one of my favorite players, uh, and now he's uh, moved on to be an analyst for uh, TNT, and uh, he uh, had a stellar career. And, of course, everybody will look at him and uh, Larry Bird and Bobby Knight as some of the ones that put uh, Indiana on the map <laughs> in basketball. When they think of basketball, they'll think Indiana, and they'll think of those names. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, he had some exciting times with the, the Pacers and uh, some very memorable moments and some clutch moments. And uh, that's why he sticks in a lot of people's minds. Uh, the Pearl, Earl Monroe, gets my nod at number nine. 
13 years, 19, 3, and 4. <clears throat> and, of course, he played before the uh, three-point line was there and uh, averaging those numbers at his position uh, over that amount of time was, was pretty good, too. I mean, and he had a pretty good field of uh, competition that he could play against. Um, so he comes in at number nine. At number ten, where I was actually debating on uh, putting Ray Allen in, but I left him out, and uh, I'll probably end up changing that the more research I do. But uh, I have Joe Dumars in at number ten, and uh, his numbers are fourteen years, sixteen two and four. So uh, that's my list of greatest shooting guards, and I will do some more research and uh, feel free to uh, to uh, see what you uh, debate that or uh, give me your opinions uh, my number is 270-703-4359 or you can shoot me an email at cleangraves at hotmail.com and uh, let me know what your list is so uh, next time we will go over a Another list. May go into point guards next time. Really hadn't decided yet. But uh, hope y'all have a uh, wonderful rest of the day and uh, talk to you soon. Goodbye.